Before we get to our guest, a quick message from our sponsor. Back in June of 2020, I had COVID and I still have long COVID. And one of the symptoms of long COVID is insomnia. I'll wake up at two or three in the morning and can't get back to sleep for two or three, four hours. And it kind of ruins the whole day next day because you don't have any energy. So what did I do? I called Mike Lindell at my pillow and I got the entire sleep system. I have the mattress topper. I have the Giza sheets, which my colleague Christine Dolan says are regal. I have the my pillow, the my pillows themselves, and I have the comforter, which feels like a grandmother's house. It's so warm and cozy. And I have the regal duvet cover on on top of this comforter. So I have the entire sleep system. I literally work all day long. I'm exhausted. I lay down in this sleep system and literally just wake up the next morning. It's amazing how well I sleep. I, I can't get can't wait to get back to it. So what can you do? You can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CDM and get the best discounts that Mike has to offer right now for the entire sleep system. But don't just get the sleep system. If you're buying household products, make sure to check with Mike Lindell first, promo code CDM to get the best prices. He has over 600 products. Don't go shop at the corporate communists and the big box retailers. Go to Mike first, support the patriotic movement, support free media at CDM, Use promo code CDM at MyPillow.com to get the best discounts and sleep really well going forward. And now let's get to our guest. So today on American Conversations, we have back with us a man who represent, who is the leader of the pack, the CEO and the president of Job Creation Network, which represents about 30 million uh, small businesses across the United States, which also represents about 60 million. And those are the numbers pre-COVID. So welcome, Alfredo Ortez. Hi, how are you doing? Thanks for having me back. We're good. Todd and I appreciate you coming back for us. Um, you know, it caught my attention this week and I passed it on to Todd and he he agreed with me. That banner that you have up on Times Square in New York City is fabulous about uh, the disastrous situation that we are in, in terms of the Biden administration and inflation and baby supply. Uh, baby milk uh, formula and everything else. So let, let's just uh, get into the heart of things. I just mentioned the numbers that you guys represented pre-COVID. You had done an interview on C-SPAN in February of 2021 that I just recently looked at. And you talked about you know how bad it was then and what your reaction was to the Biden administration and what the hopes were for, for your network. Where do you stand today? Obviously, you don't think that we are where we should be because of this banner in New York. Right. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're far from where we should be and, and could be, um, you know, and sadly, we know where, um, you know, had things been a little bit different uh, in uh, November of 2020, we'd probably be in a very different situation uh, than we are today. I mean, the, the banner says it all. I mean, soaring gas prices, falling real wages, sky high inflation, baby formula shortages. We do have stock market tour. We, you know, we, we have unsafe communities that continues. Uh, and, and border chaos. I mean, there's nothing really that you can thank uh, Biden for, you know, and what's his big answer? I mean, yesterday we hear from the White House that their big answer is that they have now hired this top notch communications team to better communicate to the American public and help the American public understand, you know, why things are actually better today than they were when, uh, you know, he first came in office. And I sit there and I go, you seriously think the American public is that stupid? I mean, when eggs are up at 22%, right? I mean, food inflation yeah. is through the roof. When if you're driving in California and you're driving, you know, just a, a Toyota Camry, it's now three digits. It's over $100 to fill your tank. I mean, 
this, you know, 80, I think it's the latest Gallup poll says that 83%, 83% of the people believe that we're on the wrong track. It's not, you know, all anybody has to do is is truly just get their car gassed up and, and walk in and buy, you know, half and half or, or go by the meat counter. That That's, I mean, that tells it all. And that has been yeah. going on, you know, I remember when I when I was seeing half and half go up and I thought to myself, wow, uh, this is really rising. And now it's just exponentially increasing almost daily with the gasoline prices. Yeah, no. And, and, and it really is. I mean, we keep hitting records. So it seems like almost every day. I think we're now at 457 or something like that on the national average. I mean, again, you just look at, you know, like California. I mean, I, I'm seeing stuff from my friends that they're sending in that live out there. That they're you know eight twenty eight thirty for unleaded. I mean this is absolutely ridiculous. And then forget diesel. I was talking to a couple of truckers. You know an eighteen wheeler costs now over twenty six hundred dollars to fill. Wow. I mean you know and these these guys are independent owners. I, I'm not sure if everybody realizes that, but these truckers are all independent owners and they got to float this money for a while. Yeah. You know and so you know how how, how are they going to start doing it? Eventually they're going to get to the point they're going to say no we're not we're, we're just going to stop driving because we're losing money we can't afford it. And boy, if we thought the supply chain uh, issues were bad now, imagine when that starts happening. Alfredo, I have a question. Uh, it's obvious they're trying to destroy the economy. I mean, they're now talking about more money to make hyperinflation right. even come faster. So my question is, after we take power in Congress in the fall, and then hopefully again with the White House two years later, how the, the American economy has always been resilient and broad and deep, and it's been the the arrow and the quiver against the, you know, totalitarian nations who are top-down driven. How quickly do you think the economy will rebound once we get sound policies back in place? Well, Thomas, it's a good question. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm concerned because, you mm -hmm. know, we've got, um, uh, you know, something that's the, the consumer phenomenon. And, and you know, I've, I've been in the consumer industry for over 25 years before I did Job Creators Network and Randy Organization. And so there's one thing that I really understand is the consumer. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if we recall that this eco economy is still two thirds consumer driven. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I certainly know is that if you're a consumer and you feel poor, regardless of whether or not you are poor, right. you will act poor. Right. And that's the sure. most important thing. It's, it's the behavior when you think you are poor. Right. And a lot of people are getting to that point. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I just got to stop buying anything. I got to yeah. cancel all my trips. I got to stop driving everywhere. I got to cancel all my subscriptions, you know, because uh, I mean, there's almost like phases that, that consumers go through. I mean, you know, right. Mm -hmm. You know, they were enjoying this wonderful phase, right, of just unlimited spending because the government just kept writing checks. Right. God, if, you, if you looked at, you know, traditional, you know, spending, uh, excuse me, savings rates uh, of, of, of Americans, at, you know, it was roughly about 8% pre-pandemic. Pre it went all the way up because of these checks that we just kept writing people uh, up to about 31% savings rate, right? So basically people were going, I can't spend it, but hey, you keep sending me checks, I'm just gonna keep banking it, right? And mm -hmm. so it was about $1.9 trillion was the delta between that 8% and 31%. And when all that was spent from a consumer standpoint, right? I mean, that's what sped this economy the way it did. It's just, uh, just total hyper, hyper spending there. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the Fed kept, you know, the, the, the rates low and then we kept throwing more money, you know. And so now, you know, the Biden administration wants to throw even more money at it, which is just ridiculous. Um, you know, so we got to stop all that 
you know, first of all, I mean, first and foremost, because it's just going to get worse. Um, the problem, too, now is that interest rates are, are going to yeah. have to go up. I mean, there's no choice. They'll probably go up to about 8 to 9%, um, which means these are the rates, you know, are going to skyrocket for uh, consumers on their credit cards, on their home loans, auto loans. Um, you know, that savings rate now, Todd, has now dropped down to 4%. So not only have we gone back past that 8% traditional, it's now down to 4%. So people are now, because they're paying so much from inflation, right? They're now borrowing on their credit cards, right? And yeah. so, so I don't mean to sound like a pessimist, but I think this is at well, least going to last us through 2024. Well, there's a saying on, you know, I'm an ex-bond trader, and there's a saying on Wall Street that interest rates are low until they're not. I mean, so <laughs> at some point, uh, we're going to have an interest rate shock which we can't afford for the debt service cost in the federal level, but also anyone with a variable loan, you could see be seeing, I mean, the 10 year bond rate historically has been around 5%. I think we're still around three. So we're not even back to historical averages. Right. So this, right. this shock is going to be uh, enormous and people aren't ready for it. Right. And, and, you know, and, and what, you know, people are saying, Oh, you, you mm -hmm. think we're going to hit a recession. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I can already tell you, we're going to not only have recession, we're going to have stagflation this year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, as you know, the consumer reacts very quickly. And when you start, again, paying over $100, let's say if you're in California, to fill your Toyota Camry, right? Uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a lot of money. I mean, that's pretty much double what you were paying. Um, yeah. And again, when your eggs are up 22%, I mean, I, I went in, you know, I'm, I was out in Georgia and I went to the grocery store and it was $6 for a carton of eggs. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is absolutely ludicrous. And yeah. so, you know, I mean, um, and now, of course, you're hearing about what they call a profit recession, right? Uh, you know, the bigger companies are now saying that they've been able to basically uh, hold out on a lot of the price increases. You know, they did some price increases, but because they had some forward contracts on their supplies, mm -hmm. right, and their commodities on their inputs, they were able to kind of, you know, balance that out. But now all that's gone, right? Yeah. And I don't mean to sound like a total nerd, but from an accounting standpoint, Right. It's first in, first out. So all those cheap, cheap inputs are gone. Yeah. Right. So now they're buying those high inputs. They're going to have to raise prices or they're just going to have horrible, horrible, uh, uh, you know, going forward uh, profits, um, which means they're going to start cutting people. So right. now you're going to have layoffs. And, you know, Biden keeps saying, oh, we yeah, have the most jobs created, you know, than any president in his first term. They're not they're not created. Todd. That's the reality. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. those are jobs that he's created. All we basically are doing is trying to get back to a baseline. We're still, what, 822,000 jobs short of that. And they aren't real jobs. Right about, yeah. about how many businesses, I mean, when you gave that interview on C-SPAN, um, you talked about the 30 million, you know, small business owners. What are the figures today? Because you guys have a whole network uh, that you represent and you've taken surveys. And I looked at some of the survey numbers. I mean, they're all high, 59%, 67% in terms of it just negative um, right. you know, analysis of, of the Biden administration's economic policies. What, how many businesses have closed that you guys can estimate? Yeah, Christine. I mean, you know, that number is actually hard because he, here's what's going on. And, and Biden's been trying to you know, twist the, this data, but because people uh, are afraid to go to work because of COVID, right? And the Democrats scared everybody to basically stay home. Um, and they had these checks. Some people are like, hey, you know what? I'm going to try my hand at, at starting my own business. Um, and so you've got some starts that are kind of uh, masking, you know, the businesses that were around that, that closed. 
Um, and then you also have some that are actually in process of movement. There's been a lot of movement of small businesses, for example, out of New York City down to where do you think? Florida, mm-hmm. right? Which is just a much freer economy and things are good. People are spending money. Uh, you got Governor DeSantis, you know, running an open state, um, you know, versus what's going on in New York. And so um, I know that the numbers are probably in the several hundreds of thousands. Um, and when you looked at the latest ADP report that just came out, I think it was yesterday, um, there were, I think, small businesses laid off about 91,000 people. And from our uh, SBIQ, our Small Business Intelligence Quotient poll that we do on a monthly basis, uh, this is the lowest uh, small business sentiment that we've, we've actually recorded since we started doing this May of last year. In one of, you, one of your surveys, you, you guys noted that there were more small businesses in the Northeast that were hurting than there were in other parts of the country. Does that still stand? Yeah, it definitely does. And Christine, it's actually really, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but it really is a blue state, red state, you know, Republican, Democrat uh, difference here. Um, that's actually why we launched this, this project called the Great Opportunity Project, because we're actually trying to highlight the great, fantastic work that our Republican governors did in this country. You know, if it hadn't been for those Republican governors, I'll tell you, this country would be in a world of hurt. But because they were able to manage the health of their, their, their constituents with the health of their economy, they were able to balance that, you know, like Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis and Governor, you know, Kemp and, and others. They did such a great job of doing that. You know, look, you look at the unemployment rates, they're pretty much half of what the unemployment rates are in, in the blue states. Um, and, you know, when you look at COVID deaths and stuff like that, if you compare California and Florida, I mean, it's not that much better. And so even though, you know, California and Newsom had these really just draconian shutdowns and, and policies, and that pretty much killed the California economy, they didn't do that much better than Florida. That was completely open and, and they were able to balance, uh, again, those two uh, different elements. What about, so what uh, the, you, I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, we, we, uh, I believe that we have to rebuild a new economy and unplug from this uh, globalist network that is really trying to crush uh, American sovereignty. Do you see any of that budding across the country with alternatives springing up for technology, for finance? you know, entertainment, media, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have to do something, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, productivity is going to just have to, to, to uh, you know, start being, because you've got the labor shortage um, mm-hmm. and you've just got the cost of labor overall. Um, it, it, you know, small business in particular just can't afford it. I mean, I'm already starting to see larger businesses really replace labor. Um, you know, I, I go, you know, to a couple of different just, fast food joints when I don't have a lot of time, unfortunately, out in Virginia um, when I'm flying in and out there. And these McDonald's have already completely replaced their cashiers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's basically one person that uh, is handling giving the orders out to the consumers. But other than that, they're all kiosks. You put your orders in the kiosk and that's it. So they eliminate all their cashiers already. Yeah. Um, right. And so you're going to just see more and more of that because that uh, lower skilled labor, unfortunately, is just not being replaced. Yeah. What are your figures for for uh, when you break it down for the 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 service industries versus the other industries in terms of uh, unemployment? Uh, the service industry is going to be the hardest one hit. Um, it was the hardest one hit during COVID. It's been the hardest one to get out. Um, you know, retail um, is probably going to be one of the hardest, really, for them to recover. I think the latest job numbers showed that was, I think, the only sector that was actually down. Um, you know, unfortunately, and I think that's just continued because, you know, 
I mean, you got the Amazons of the world that pretty much take out the need to really, you know, visit your brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What, so what do you, what do you, what is your network going to do uh, in, in terms of 2022? Are you going to change banners every week up on Times Square? <laughs> uh, well, you know, Biden gives us so much, uh, uh, so much to, to work with. Um, you know, we're going to do banners. You know, I, I mentioned the um, Great Opportunity Project, which really is going to highlight the great work of our Republican governors across the country. Um, we're also fighting back, uh, Christine, on this whole wokeism. Uh, we have a website we just kicked off this week. Uh, we held off a little bit uh, because of the, sadly, the shooting that happened in Texas. So we held off for a couple of weeks. Um, but it's called rockthewoke.com. So you should look it up. It's called Rock Love the, the Woke. Love the title. Love the title. Rock right? the Woke. And, yeah. And if you, if you recall, it, it, it harkens back to the uh, MTV days and uh, Rock the Vote. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, so ours is rockthewoke.com. And on that, you'll find... Uh, some great stuff. And, and, and really that project is um, uh, really kind of our latest initiative, actually as part of our great opportunity project to really defend free enterprise. And, and we just thought it was a good way of, of really kind of um, uh, focus more on the cultural effort to really counter that left's push, which is just uh, endless, uh, to, to, to really uh, inject woke liberal ideology into places that should doesn't belong, you know, particularly, you know, the boardrooms. Um, and in fact, when you go on there, we're particularly starting uh, with Disney. Uh, surprise, surprise. I mean, given that they were kind of, uh, 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 you know, crazy in terms of how they, how woke they went so quickly, um, you know, and I think Governor DeSantis called them out pretty quickly on that and, you know, revoked their, their special tax privileges and all that. Um, but we have on there and it's called, uh, we're, we're calling for a boycott of all things Disney. Um, and uh, we've got little uh, bumper stickers and hats and like, you know, a good old fashioned campaign and it's no mouse in my house. Hmm. Perfect. No mouse in my house. That's right. That's cute. That's, that's <laughs> catchy. That is definitely catchy. So um, t talk us, to us a little bit more about this, the, the other project within this, though, the, 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 the Great Opportunity, is that what you called it? Yeah, the Great Opportunity Project. And no surprise, uh, Christine, if you do the acronyms of that, it's GOP. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my belief is that we haven't done enough to brand our party. Um, in terms of what does it really stand for? I think the left actually does that beautifully. I, I will tell you, since Obama and others, I mean, they've done, they do a beautiful job of giving you the vision of what they're supposed to be without any specifics. Um, you know, and I kind of uh, liken it to uh, a can of Diet Coke. If you can imagine, you know, Coca-Cola, you know, they sell the front of that can. And for example, you know, take a Diet Coke, it's open happiness light. Um, but, but we like trying to sell the ingredient statement. And if you ever read the back of a Diet Coke and the ingredient statement, you would never buy another Diet Coke again, right? Mm -hmm. But so imagine mm -hmm. if all of a sudden Coca-Cola is trying to market that Diet Coke that way, they would never sell anything, right? But, but we seem to just focus on the ingredient statement, forget that you got to sell a vision of who you are to the American public. And so the Great Opportunity Project really takes the wonderful work, again, of our governors and collectively says, look, this is when we talk about federalism, for example, power back to the states, power back to the people, right? This isn't about, you know, some people are like, wait, federalism, that sounds like more government. You guys believe in more government? No, 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 no. I mean, so honestly, it's a horrible word for us. And we, we throw it around like, you know, the entire American public understands. Christine, I think 99.9% .9 of the American public, again, when they hear the word federalism, thinks 
more government, right? And so the proof is in the pudding. The proof is out there. It's with our governors, uh, Republican governors in, in Republican states. And so through the words of their constituents, we're really highlighting that great work collectively so that the American public understands when we say, hey, when we talk about free enterprise, when we talk about uh, American entrepreneurialism, American exceptionalism, you don't have to look much further than uh, Republican uh, states across the country. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. And if you like what you hear and if you like what you're hearing from these, you know, their constituents, guess what you need to do? You got to vote Republican. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it comes down to a work ethic and a working economy. That's right. It's, it's that simple. Uh, and, and, you know, there's the old slogan from the Reagan years, you know, it's, it's the economy, stupid. But right. I think I, I, that that's going to be the, the tsunami that comes in. P people aren't going to stand for this because it's not like they have to remember the world before the Internet. All they have to remember is the price of eggs and the price of gas, you know, right. three months ago or four, four, you know, two years ago at that's this correct. point in time. All right. So, Alfredo, I know you're, you're limited on time. I want you to come back uh, whenever you want to come back. You know, every time you change Times Square, I want you to call me. All right. Because <laughs> we'll do. do an interview. I, I love these these Times Square ads. And also we want to get into more of your programs um, with your team. Uh, great. Let's let's roll this out. I think this is a, these are some great ideas going into the 2022 because we've got to do something about these prices. Absolutely. I mean, they're yeah, they're yeah. unexpected. It's unacceptable. Yeah. It should be intolerable. And people shouldn't be thinking twice about this. And it doesn't matter how many people that uh, the Biden administration brings in, because basically they're going to be sort of the Madison Avenue group of people trying to spin it for everybody else across. America. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's one last parting uh, thought for you, Christine. You know, I was so taken aback over this announcement that they said they're bringing in this communications team to help better, uh, you know, to, to for, so the American public can better understand why what they're doing is actually helping the economy and making things better. I'm like, excuse me, why are you actually bringing in supply chain experts and economists to figure out all these issues that are hitting us, right? Where's, where's operation warp speed for all of this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, is it needed, needed done? And I read the other day is going to the white house now from her uh, consulting firm. Who's Bob Bear's wife. Is, is she going to be part of that team? Uh, you know? I haven't heard that specifically. So, but I'll need to look into that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Alfredo, thank you very much, Todd, and I appreciate it. And um, we will talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you both. I appreciate it.